You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 206 with Brian Keen. And today we're developing a fitness mindset. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, all of you amazing abundant leaders out there? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. As usual, I'm excited that I'm here, (laughs) and I am still here. Um, And for those of you who are just discovering Men of Abundance, I want to welcome you. I would love to know how you found Men of Abundance, whether it was a search, somebody told you about it, who told you about it, was it me, was it somebody else? You can hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Men, you can join our Men of Abundance community on Facebook. That is men only. In any case, however you reach out to me, I'd love to know how you heard of Men of Abundance. How did you find it? And the next thing I would love for you to do is share Men of Abundance with everybody you come in contact with. So far, Men of Abundance has grown by nothing more than word of mouth. And me sharing, of course, all the episodes on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, Rally Point, you name it. I'm sharing it everywhere uh, so that I can get the word out. So that I can get the word out of all of these other amazing men and women who are out there living their life of abundance in their own right. And paying it forward somehow to the community so that others can realize they too can live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness. And I'm telling you, you too can live a life of abundance. It's a mindset. It's not about how much money you make. It's not about how much stuff you have. It's not about your job. It's not about your business. It's a mindset. No matter what you do in life, you can live a life of abundance. And I want to help you do that. One of the many ways to live a life of abundance is to be healthy. It's extremely important to be healthy. But here's the thing. So many people know that, but and it seems so elementary. <laughs> our, our future guest today used to be an elementary teacher. It seems so, you know, simple. And it really is when you really get down to the core of it. But our feature guest today, Brian, he really breaks it down and shares some information with us that I think is extremely valuable because so many people do certain things just because they're told to eat a certain way, work out a certain way. But it's seldom, in my experience anyway, that people will share with you exactly why it is that it's so important to eat a certain way or not to eat a certain way. And once you have that kind of information in your head, once you know why, at least in my mindset, I have a, I'm more apt to pay attention to it and to do what needs to be done and eat the way that I need to eat and move as often as I can. And all of that comes together today in our conversation along with many other things. So I'm just going to get right into it and introduce you to our featured guest today. Our featured guest is Brian Keene. He's a former elementary school teacher turned entrepreneur. After four years working as a teacher, he left to start his own personal fitness training business and now runs his own company, Brian Keene Fitness. 
And that company helps and serves thousands of people from all over the world through their online programs and courses. He is also the best-selling author of the book, The Fitness Mindset, and currently hosts the number one health podcast in Ireland and in the UK. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Brian Keane. Brian, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How are you doing? Well, thank you so much for having me on. I am doing incredible. Outstanding. Where are you at in the world? I am at Ireland, in the west of Ireland, as we speak, where I'm uh, born and bred and moved back a couple of years ago. I lived in California for a while, in London for a while, and now I am sitting in the green fields, just looking over the green fields in Ireland. Oh my goodness, it sounds absolutely gorgeous. I, I, can, I can honestly say I've been in Ireland, but I've, I never left the airport. <laughs> Yeah, you're was, missing out. Uh, yeah, I know, you're... man. I know. I was on my. I think I was on. I think I was on my way to Uzbekistan or something like that. I don't know. But it was just a. It was a real quick layover, uh, not much longer than that. But Ireland is definitely one of the places that's on my list in the top five for sure for me to get to. Oh, couldn't recommend it enough. If you like tranquility and peace and just green scenery, it's it's very very hard to top it. Man, I, that's a, you just paint a perfect picture, man. That sounds really amazing. Before we get too much into our conversation, you know, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. So, what do you have to be grateful for today? I today in particular, I actually write in my gratitude journal every morning. Um, and today, I actually spent most of the day working um, on a new job in the capital that is just basically talking about healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, healthy food. And I had that wave of gratitude today that I'm like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to talk about the things that I would talk about for free. Um, so that's probably my attitude of gratitude for today. That's what I wrote in my journal this morning, and I kind of lived it later on in the day. Very cool. That is awesome. How long have you been writing in a gratitude journal, and what has that done for you since before you started doing that? Um, I've been writing in it for about six months um, and it's amazing the mindset shift that's occurred since I started. What I've noticed for me is when you prime yourself for gratitude first thing in the morning, you start catching things during the day that you're grateful for, like nearly automatically. Um, now, I find it, I found it very difficult initially because some mornings you feel like you're just writing the same thing over and over, especially the first week or two. And then what happens is during the day, something bad might go wrong. Something will happen with business or at work or in life. And then you'll just flip and you'll think of what you wrote down that you were grateful for in the morning. And it just puts you back into a positive mindset. Um, it's something that I think I'm going to do probably for the rest of my life just with the way that it sets me up for the day. Right, right. So when you write in in your journal, are you just I mean, is it just stuff that you want to, that you feel that you're grateful for or when you're writing it, how do you feel when you're writing that in your journal? And what are some things that you would give me a few examples of what you might write in your journal? So what I do is I either do it first thing in the morning and then sometimes at night I'll do the same thing where I'll just recap and and think about or write down what I was grateful for. But normally it's it's things that reaffirm that I'm doing my life's mission and doing the things that I love doing. So 
I get to basically, the, my job is what I call a non-job. I get to work with people in health and fitness and mindset, people that I would work with for free. I get to spend time with my daughter who's three years old. I have get to meet my mum for lunch nearly every day. These things that I would write in my gratitude journal, they come up every day and then every once in a while something different will be there. But it just hammers in that message for me that I'm living the life the way that I'm supposed to live it and I think a gratitude journal just kind of reinforces it for me yeah it absolutely does it it, it truly does I've been writing doing similar things I either write I usually write in the journal but some mornings I don't I just wake up and the first thing when my eyes open it's like it's become it's not even a habit anymore it's just part of who I am when my eyes open up somebody pops into my head or an event pops into my head and I'm just grateful one that I'm breathing and uh and really just that I'm in a warm bed for the most part and just really start thinking about the people in my life that I'm grateful for I send them some some positive vibes and uh you know it, it really is a great way to start out the day I absolutely love that you said that I love it how long have you been doing it Wally oh my goodness I've been doing that for a good two to three years brilliant I love yeah, it. Absolutely. It makes a huge difference. So like I said, it's not even a habit anymore. It's just part of who I am. Once you get past that point of, you know, the accountability to yourself and the, and the discipline and make it a habit. And then once it becomes a habit at some point, it just becomes who you are, you know, and, and these are, this is true with, with, you know, bad habits and good habits. You're either got a habit of drinking two liters of Coke a, a day or uh, two liters of water. You know, it's, it just becomes who you are. Well, that's it. I love the uh, the Aristotle quote that we are what we repeatedly do, and that greatness is an act, isn't an act; it's a habit. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's so funny because if you talk to somebody and ask them what they do every single day, you, you can kind of tell where they're going to be in eighteen months' time, two years' time, five years' time, because we basically are what we repeatedly do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it gets to the point to where. When you ask people that, what do you do every single day? Sometimes they don't even realize what they're doing because it's just it's unconscious. They just do it and they don't even pay attention to it. That's why this is guys right here. And this is a perfect um, reason why I always say it's important to get a coach, get a mentor, get somebody that can look from the outside in and see what it is that you're truly doing in your life, whether it's in your business and your health, whatever the case may be, because you, you've got habits and you've got parts of you you don't even realize you do anymore. It takes that outside perspective to point it out to you. And it's extremely powerful. And you go, I didn't even realize I was doing that. And yeah, there you go. It's <laughs> like It's so true. And I, I, I was that person. I can't lie. For probably the first quarter of my life, for the last, from the age of 20 to 25, 26, that five, six year gap when you're trying to figure out who you are, for me, oh, the bad habits that crept in that you didn't even realize you were doing, you know, the chains of habits are too loose to be felt until they're too strong to be broken. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, Brian, how would you describe yourself? Uh, Well, basically, I am one of these people that I'm very, very fortunate with the life that I live now. Um, As I said earlier, I have what I kind of call a non-job, which is where I work with people in fitness and health and mindset in general that you know I would work with for free with my online programs. I write, I do podcasts. Um, my podcast was very, very well over here, here in Ireland and the UK. It's the top health one here. And basically, I just live a life of 
trying to live every day, making the world a little bit better because I was here, um, putting out as much information as I can to help people um, and doing that consistently. And then in my spare time, I stay active. I've just finished. I actually flew back from the Sahara Desert last week. Um, I ran 250 kilometers through the Sahara Desert for six days last week for charity. Um, and I'm training for an Ironman now. So there that's kind of what I do in my spare time. So a lot of health, fitness, mindset stuff, and just trying to make the world a little bit better because I was here and provide value to anybody that listens to me in that kind of health and fitness space. Wow. Yeah. So you say you just ran six days across the Sahara and getting ready for an Ironman. I mean, that just rolled off your tongue like you're walking down the street to the coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it does now, but it, it comes back to the habits. There was a time when all of the things that I do now, I wouldn't believe you. I wouldn't believe someone if they told me I did it. Um, it it's it, again, it's just a mindset shift. And probably the biggest one when I, I used to be uh, an elementary school teacher. That was my job. Um, that was my day job until I started working in fitness and I worked in the evenings as a personal trainer and then eventually made the switch over and now I do what I do. Um, that was probably my first ever time that I realized that, oh, you could actually be whatever you want to be and you could do whatever you want to do if you just kind of attack the fears and limit the realize that all the stories that you've limited and all the stories you've told yourself that you can't do it or just your own self-created limitations um, and now I suppose I just spend my days questioning those limitations and trying to push past them. Yeah, that's a very good point. And that's a great segue into getting into our kick in the gut moment, because sometimes this kick in the gut moment leads into what it is that made you change transition from being a school teacher into what it is that you do now. So if you would share with us a kick in the gut moment and really make us feel that. It's so funny you said that because my kick in the gut moment was after about five years of university, I came through, I'd done an undergraduate degree, I went on and done my postgraduate degree to become a teacher, and I had been told, reinforced over and over again, family, friends, myself, that, okay, I'll be happy when I have a teaching job. And one of the jokes that I have with my community is that the death of happiness is those words, I'll be happy when. And... I was living that life of I'll be happy when I'm a teacher, I'll be happy when I have a job, I'll be happy when I have these things. And I went through college, I did my university, I got the degrees, I landed a teaching job that I'm like, oh my God, it's in the west of London in a really nice part in a nice school. Um, I've made it. This is everything that I wanted. And then a week into the job, I hated it. And mm. it felt like the whole world came just been pulled from underneath me because I had been working very very focused for probably five years up to that point just focused on that end goal and getting to that and getting to that and then I got there and realized that it wasn't what I wanted and one of the things that I realize now and I speak about this on, on my own podcast a lot is it made me realize that sometimes you're better to when you've got your ladder up against the wrong wall, it doesn't matter how high or how far you climb on that ladder. If it's against the wrong wall, it doesn't matter if you get to the top. And that made me realize that my ladder was up against the wrong wall. I'd been working so hard for five, six years. And then a week into my first teaching job, I realized this isn't what I want to do. Um, and it, it was one of those that I had that kind of quarter life crisis where I, I was wondering, is this my life now? I, I've, I've worked so hard for this and it's not what I want to do. 
and ironically it led me onto the path that I'm on now so very grateful for the experience but I remember at the time I felt like I'd made so many bad had choices i had done all the wrong things not realizing that your mess becomes your message i'm aware now that mm. the, the reason i have the way the things that i have and see the world the way that i do is because i've lived that but it's it was a real kick in the gut moment at the time because i thought it was everything i wanted and then i got it and realized it wasn't there's so many ways we can go from there and one of the things that i want to point out was you know first off you made that realization and that's where most people stop. They say, okay, this is it. Like you said, this is it. My ladder's against the wrong wall, but you know what? Five years invested. This is what I have to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick with it and I'm going to be basically miserable for the rest of your life. Probably not saying that to yourself, but that's the reality of it, right? So you moved on. What was the catalyst that, that really got you to move on? I'm very, very fortunate in that my biggest fan and everything that I've always done has always been my mother. I have an unbelievable relationship with my mother. Um, she's always been my biggest fan in everything that I've ever done, has supported everything I've ever done. And I remember telling her when I came home the Christmas of the school year starts in September, I remember coming home that Christmas and just being in floods of tears about how much I hated my job and I hated what I was doing. And... She told me, she, she actually just listened to me, heard me out, and she was like, well, what is it that you'd love to do? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, she was like, what do you like doing in your spare time? And I was like, I love training. I love fitness. I love nutrition. It's something that I always spent all my free time learning about, studying about, just engaging with people and communities in that space because I loved it. And she signed me up for a fitness instructor course. And I went back that January. I remember coming home to the west of Ireland and I was like, I'm not going back to London. I was like, I hate London. I hate teaching. I hate my job. Feeling really sorry for myself. And she signed me up to a fitness instructor course and said, OK, go back for two weeks. Do this course before you go back to school. And I went back. And this was probably seven years ago now, five, six, seven years ago. And that those two weeks of that course, I remember thinking, this is what I want to do. I was like, I remember thinking I'd never been so happy I never realized that the the thing that I spent all my free time thinking about was health and fitness. And then when I actually went into that space and got you know a fitness instructor course, which was basically just a really simple course that allowed you to work in a gym if you wanted to work in a gym. But I loved it. And that was the catalyst that, that spawned everything. It's funny because I'm very fortunate with the things that I have now. I released a book last year that went was eight weeks on the bestseller list on Amazon, went bestseller in all the bookstores in Ireland. My podcast is number one in Ireland and the UK in the health section. And I always tell people when they message about thanks for some video I've done or podcast I've done, I'm like, you can thank my mum because I wouldn't have done any of it if she hadn't done that. And that was the catalyst for everything. Um, so again, so grateful for that to, for that to have happened. Yeah, you know, isn't it kind of ironic that there, you know, you can so many ways to look at this, but you spent five years and a lot of money to go teach in a classroom and it ended up not being what you enjoyed doing. And then you end up going to take a weekend, maybe a five day course on how to teach and teach fitness in a gym. And you're happier than you've ever been and definitely more lucrative than you've ever been. Besides the fact of just being excited and happy and doing what you're doing. Um, I just find that so so interesting. However, I do want to point out what I see anyway from you is that it's not that you didn't it's not that you 
to me, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I see is it's not that you hated teaching. You just didn't like teaching what you were teaching in yeah. the environment <laughs> in which you were teaching in because you're still yeah. teaching. Even your job, you're teaching. Your podcast, you're teaching. Your book, you're teaching. It's just what you're teaching and who you're teaching it to and, and, the, and the location, right? A hundred percent. It's so funny because when I think about the skills that I learned teaching, which basically is, you know, sitting in front of, standing in front of a classroom and, you know, discussing an idea and breaking it down to its most simplest components. And one of the reasons I was able to build up a social media, which was one of the things that gave me a bit of a springboard was people messaging going, you were breaking down complicated ideas into their simplest forms. And it always makes me laugh because I'm like, that's what you do as a teacher. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it, 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 it taught me those skills and now they're just applied elsewhere. So, you know, I truly believe that everything that you were meant to do, you're meant to do for a reason. Um, and I think that my path was always meant to be my path. It just got channeled in a different direction later in life. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, guys, whatever is on your mind the most, I mean, really, I'm not saying you can turn an income into just about any idea, but these days you darn near can. I mean, yeah. if you love golf, you go, you know, they have a golf, they have a, a course that you can take to learn how to manage a golf course. And oh, by the way, you can get paid while you're going through the course. It's, yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many different things you can do. You love hunting, become a hunting guide. Yeah. You know, you love, you know, it's just start a podcast. I know a guy, um, um, Whitetail Rendezvous, one of my guests, prior guests, and I was a guest on his show, loves hunting whitetail. And he's got a podcast called Whitetail Rendezvous. It's just amazing. I mean, there's so many things you can do, and then you monetize that some way. Guys, there's just so many things you can do, whatever's on your mind. And then do like Brian did, thanks to his mother, go out and experience something you did, you've never experienced before. And you just might fall in love with it. And the thing that the difference between what you were doing and going to school for five years is that you never really got into a classroom and, and, and taught the curriculum to see if you really enjoyed doing that. Fact of the matter is you can't do that, you know, unless you maybe have an opportunity to become a substitute teacher or something like that. And that doesn't yeah. take a whole lot of education. But still, you know, just try to experience the things before you dive into it. It's so true. There's a quote that I've tattooed onto my brain. It's a quote by Buddha. And it's that if you can't be happy on the journey, how are you going to be happy at the destination? And ever since that situation with teaching, because I wasn't happy on the journey. I didn't like teaching college. I didn't necessarily enjoy it. I was like, I'll be happy at the end of this. I'll be happy when it's done. And now every decision I make, I ask myself before I've got to the destination or the end goal, I'm like, am I happy right now? Am I happy on the journey? Am I happy with the process? And when I love the process, it's funny because you don't even care about the destination because you're so happy doing what you're doing. Um, And everything that I do right now and every decision I make, I'm able to pull it back and use that as a reference point because if I had a little bit more self-awareness, I would have realized, you know, 18 months in, two years in when I was telling myself, I'll be happy when I've qualified, I'll be happy when I've got my job, I would realize that I wasn't happy on the process, I wasn't happy on the journey. So that's a question that really helps and serves me, and hopefully it helps and serves, you know, the men of abundance listening, um, to just evaluate and ask yourself, am I happy right now on the journey? Am I happy right now on the process? Because if you are, you're going to love it at the destination. Yeah, guys, when you ask yourself the right questions, you're going to get to the to the results that you want absolutely so you know you're out there running for six days in the sahara you're running these um ultra marathons and and iron mans and all this kind of stuff so 
and you're working with clients, what kind of clients are you working with? Are they high performers? Are they these uh, Uber, you know, athletes or um, are they the guys that's just getting started on their fitness journey? I have a range of people um, and I love it that way because, you know, variety is the spice of life in the sense of working with different people and solving different problems that people have. I love that. And I've got people from, you know, one girl who I'm working with at the minute who literally has never stepped foot in a gym. She's overweight and has been sent by her doctor to I've got a couple of top performing athletes who are just below the professional level in their sport and I'm working with them. They're on different programs, obviously, and they're doing completely different things. Um, but I work with everyone from, from all ranges purely by choice because it's something I love doing. I love that variety of working with people. Um, so that's who I'm working with right now. That's very interesting because I, you know, a lot of folks in just about any industry, they really try to niche down and, and specialize in one area. Like, um, I know the Barleys and they have the billion dollar body and they're focusing on, they're focusing on exclusively men, entrepreneurs who want to take their life and their fitness to the next level. And I'm talking ultimate next level. So they're very niche down and it's interesting that you're able to really make this work and working with so many different people. And I think it's cool. I, I agree with you. I think it's very cool to be able to work from one spectrum to the other. That's impressive. And it comes back to, to tell you the truth, Wally, it comes back to the, the process journey question. I had done a period of time where I was just working niche with high performing athletes and, and I love working with them, but I got bored when it was the same type of person all the time. And one of the reasons that I went back probably over the last 12 months, particularly working with a range of people is I would do that for free. It keeps me way more engaged. And again, it comes back to process and journey. The fact that I love doing that and I know success for me is asking myself what I do, the work that I do for free. And when the answer is consistently, yes, I know I'm on the right path. And I, I did do that niche for a while and I, Personally, from a business point of view, think niching is a great is actually a better method. It's just for me, I prefer working with the range of people because it keeps me more engaged and interested in what I'm doing. Very good, very good. I like that. That's very cool. And and again, that only came from experience, right? That only yeah. came from doing it. And you realized, yeah, it's great, but I'm getting bored working with the same guys, the same people, the same techniques, and blah blah blah. It does. Yeah, I get that. That's really cool that you made that. Um, that decision to again <laughs> open up, move on, and offer your your services and skills and wisdom to so many other people. Yeah, I I, I love it. I, and again, I think it's just it comes down to asking those questions and that self awareness is again everyone's going, their questions are going to be different. The answers they come back with, but just coming back to those questions: Are you happy doing what you're doing? The answer is yes. Keep going. If the answer is no, it might be time to change something. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some good news stories that's come out of the work that you've done so far? Probably one of my favorite ones is I was working with a girl probably about two years ago now. She was before all my all my work is online now um, and I work with a variety of different people online. But there was a girl I was working with who had been sent by a doctor. She was a, cu a couple of months away from type 2 diabetes. Um, she was massively overweight um, to the point that she was probably the heaviest person I'd ever worked with. I don't know the pounds equivalent because um, we're stone in kilograms here, but she was up around that 300 pound mark um, and she was a small girl. She was short. 
And I remember working with her and she, our whole first workout, this was back when I was in the gym one-to-one. It's one of my favorite stories still. Our whole first workout was going up and down the gym stairs, which we did about three times. That's all she could do in the hour. She literally couldn't do any more. And about 18 months in, she sent me a photo. She was so overweight that she couldn't fit into a, a normal plane seat. And she sent me a photo uh, that went completely viral across my social media of her sitting in a plane seat, looking like a completely different person. And she was like, this is the first time I've ever been able to fit into a seat of a plane. And it, it, it blew up all over my social media. And I'm, something that I'm so proud of because her whole, whole family, her mom and dad were type 2 diabetes. Her brothers and sisters were overweight. And she was the catalyst for all of them to start making the change. Even though she was met with a lot of resistance in the beginning and there was a lot of sabotaging that they were bringing home McDonald's and they were trying to force it to her. She kind of stuck strong with it. And as a result, they changed their whole life. And I love that story. And I always use it as a reference point because when you do whatever it is that you want to do, whatever path it is you want to do, whether it's losing weight or, you know, starting your own business or whatever it is, you know, for the men of abundance listing, whatever it is that you feel that your calling is that you have to do, it gives people around you that love you permission to do the same. And her whole family are completely different now down, you know, two years down the line, three years down the line. And I love that story because she was just a walk example of, she'd made the decision. She'd made the choice that she was going to lose the weight. She sent me the photo that, again, she looks like a complete, you, you would think it was two different people. You know, she's walking around now. She does CrossFit. She's super athletic. She's super lean. Um, you literally wouldn't recognize her going down the street. But her doing her thing was a catalyst for those around her. Um, and I love that story because by you doing whatever it is that you need to do, or whatever calling you feel you're calling, you gave all everyone around you permission to do the same. Um, so that's probably one of my favorite stories. Well, Brian, that is that is in fact an amazing story. Uh, that I had a huge smile just thinking about that because one, it's her own health, and then just I know what she, like you said, she was the catalyst for her family, and I'm sure many of her close friends as well probably followed along yeah. with that, even though. They were sabotaging her along the way. That's so frustrating, and I yeah. get that, man. That is that is truly an amazing story. So, man, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that, Brian? Yeah, I'm ready to do it. Awesome, man. Hey, guys, I need a huge favor from you, and this has very high potential of being very beneficial to you as well. You may or may not know, but I recently launched a new e-learning platform called Abundance and Prosperity Mastery. And this is where I combine the abundance mindset with marketing and business strategies. And I'm in the process of writing a book that specifically details my ability to find a minimum of $10,000 in additional revenue for any industry out there. And I'm convinced I can do this for any industry out there. And I do this in just 45 minutes. And this is a service that I'm currently offering to select clients. So what I'm asking of you as a Men of Abundance listener is if you would consider letting me perform this service for you in your industry, especially if it's an industry I have not worked in yet, and then just use your results as a future case study in my book, either under your business name or anonymously. And again, as a Men of Abundance listener, I won't charge you anything for this service. And all I ask in return is your written permission to use your results from my book. And if I impress you, maybe just a brief testimonial I can use as well. If you're willing and ready to do that favor for me, then send me an email to info 
at apmasterycoach.com. That's alphapapamasterycoach.com. And in the subject line, put 10K book. And then in the body of the email, just put a brief description of what your industry is and maybe a few of your biggest challenges. I will then get back with you with a calendar link so that you and I can get on the line and I can show you how I can find $10,000 of revenue in your business in 45 minutes. And as an added bonus, just for helping me out, I will share with you the three biggest lead generation mistakes small businesses make and how to overcome every one of them. All right, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps with men of abundance that they can take today. Write down whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Um, Whatever your goal is, write it down somewhere that you can see it. It's funny because I started doing this probably about five or six years ago and, and I am big on affirmations and, you know, repeating the goals or whatever it is I'm trying to achieve. But there's something weird that happens when you physically write down whatever your goal is and whatever area of your life. I break my life into four quadrants, health, wealth, love and fulfillment. And I literally mark those quadrants, what I'm trying to achieve that week, that month, that year. Um, but I would advise is write down whatever it is you're trying to achieve because it's going to constantly serve as either a subconscious or a conscious reminder of what it is that you're trying to actually make happen in your life. Um, and something that I've kind of delved into the last few, probably six, eight months, is that cognitive neuroscience. The science is actually backing up affirmations at the moment. So we've got in our brain that part of the reticular activation system, that part of our brain that tells you what to focus on. The, the example I always use, Wally, is say, for example, you walk into a room and you see somebody else with the same pair of shoes, of, same pair of shoes that you have. You know, you might have a black pair of Nike trainers and you walk into a room and you see them, even though there's so many thing, other things going on in the room. There's other people, there's other stimulus. But you narrow in and see the shoes because you have the same pair at home. That's your reticular activation system telling you what to focus on. When you write your goals down, you start seeing things in your life that you didn't see before because your focus has changed. So probably the main actionable step as opposed to giving three is write that one down and realize that, you know, when you start realizing, you start focusing on whatever it is you're trying to achieve and you see it every single day as a conscious or subconscious written reminder, you start seeing different things that can help you achieve it. Um, And again, I've seen it in my own life very much so. You know, I'm a big believer that if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. And I think that 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 is probably the biggest actionable step I can give the men of abundance. Absolutely agree with that. And to contrast that, one thing that most guys are doing right now is let's look at uh, let's look at health. You know, you're 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 seeing your poor health, and you're thinking about your poor health, and you're seeing that in the mirror every day. Uh, same with finances. You're seeing the the bank account is you know your your credit card um, balance. You're seeing that. That's that same exact thing is going on in the opposite. That's why it's important. Like Brian just said, guys, put where what your goal is, what you want, in front of you, so that that's. You're seeing that more than you're seeing the the um, the large credit card bill, right? Uh, and and yeah. you know, seeing your health and where it's at, it's it works both ways. So that's why it's so important to get that positive stuff in front of you. And the reticular activating system is super super powerful. 
Yeah, there's yeah. one other thing I'll add to that, just because this is my own little uh, quirk that I do. But every affirmation or everything I write, I write it as if I've already done it. Um, and again, I don't know any signs to back that up. But for me, if, for example, when I was trying to hit you know, six figures for the first time, I would write, I have a you know, 100,000 a year business. Or when I was trying to complete the marathon, you know, the 250 kilometer um, run to the Sahara Desert, I had written as my affirmation, I have ran 250 kilometers in the Sahara Desert. Um, and again, I write it as if I've already done it. And again, I don't know what's happening on a brain level, but that's a little tip that, that really helps me because I end up convincing myself that I'm just waiting for reality to catch up with the envision of who I want to be. Um, so that's something that may help as well. Yeah, there's a lot of things that that happen in this world that are reality we just can't explain, and that's just another one of them, for sure. So what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Brian? Training every day. Um, I My meditation, I, I, and it's something that I'm sure I'll explore as the years go on, but I've been fortunate up to this point that I've ha- I haven't had to do any traditional meditation because I get it from training. Um, I train nearly every day. I either go to the gym or I run or I bike um, or I'll swim. I'll do something active and physical. Um, even if it's playing with my three-year-old, she's super active. So if we go to a playground, she's running all around the place. But I do something that is physically, some form of physical exercise nearly every day because that works as my meditation and just makes my mind really clear um, and has a, has a massive impact on my life and I'll do it till the day I die. Excellent. What would you recommend our abundant leaders read or listen to and why? Um, so I have a couple of books that I love. I get through two or three books a week um, because I've got an hour commute to and from the gym every day. So that's two hours. I get through about two audiobooks a week and I get through a physical book through reading it during the week. So I consume a lot. My personal favorite that I think a lot of people can benefit from is probably the my personal favorite book is Poor Charlie's Almanac by Charlie Munger. Um which is Charlie Bunger is Warren Buffett, who is Berk, owns Berkshire Hathaway. They own Coca-Cola. Warren Buffett was repeatedly the world's richest man, man, one of the world's richest men. Charlie Munger is his business partner. And that book, Poor Charlie's Almanac, even though there's little bits and stuff in there in stock investing, his understanding of life psychology and how to live has been life-changing for me. That in combination with um, Letters from a Stoic by Seneca, who was a Roman uh, philosopher 2,000 years ago. They're they're the only two books that I own that I read them continuously, and when I finish them, I go back to the start again. Um, They're the only two that are on repetitive cycle. So they're probably my two favorites um, for very different reasons. One gives me a very modern-day way to live and how to look at life and stop fooling myself. You know, Charlie Munger's big on don't fool yourself and you're the easiest person to fool. Um, And Seneca is, again, a a stoic philosopher from 2,000 years ago. And it makes me realize that even though 2,000 years have passed, people still have the same problems. You know, comparison with other people, worrying what other people think, you know, having more money, having nice things. These problems that we had 2,000 years ago, we still have today and they're probably worse. And that gives me a sense of calm so they're probably the two books that have helped me the most um, and anybody that resonated with anything that i've said on there i think will benefit from reading them too 
Wow, I haven't heard of either of those books. Uh, they both interest me for sure. So I'll, anyway, I'll have those listed in the show notes at menofabundance.com, guys. So go check that out. You don't have to worry about writing that down right now. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Caring what other people think. Mm. I think the biggest thing, and again, I'm speaking from personal experience here, and I'd never put words in anybody else's mouth, but speaking from personal experience, the thing that held me back was consistently caring what other people thought. And when I learned how to deal with that, everything started to open up, and my life started to fill with abundance in all areas because I just stopped caring. Um, when I, The biggest thing that supported me was... I was able to draw in the three, four, five closest people in my life. My mom is there, my daughter is there, and two or three people in my inner circle. And their opinions matter. And what I do and how I'm showing up in those relationships and how I'm showing up in the world, they're the ones that truly matter. And as much as I want to make the world a better place because I was here and provide as much value as I can, the positive and negative comments and anything that comes my way I, I become nearly indifferent too because I'm aware that it stops me from living a life of abundance and what truly matters are the people that are closest to me. And I think when you can let go of other people's opinions and realize that you're just moments in time and opinions and perspectives at this moment in time and that opinions and perspectives change, I think it can really allow you to live a life of abundance in all areas. Wow, very powerful. Look, guys, people are going to have opinions and thoughts about you anyway. So you might as well be doing what you enjoy doing. That's my thing. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> so what does living a life of abundance mean to you? You kind of mentioned it a little bit there, but let's bring it all in together right here. Living a life of abundance for me is waking up every morning, realizing that I would do what I'm doing for free. And when I'm able, there'll be days and there's days when, you know, I get up every morning at 4.30 or 5 a.m., the latest, um, and I start my day and get everything done. I train and, and then I start work and get all the things done that are, are high priority tasks. And there's days when stuff doesn't go well or it's going wrong or there's fires you got to put out. But when I'm 80, 90 percent of the time waking up every morning, realizing that I would do what I'm doing for free, I feel like I'm living a life of abundance. And that's what it means to me. Excellent. Absolutely love that answer. So we're going to close this up, man. But before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of this conversation? And we are certainly going to have your website, briankeenfitness.com, linked up in the show notes. So if there's any other ways that you'd like for our guys to get in touch with you, go ahead and share that at this at this time as well. Oh, thanks so much, Wally. This has been awesome having me on. So thank you so much, firstly. And thank you to everyone at Minimum Abundance for listening um, well, basically, the, the, to just ensure you get from it is really living a life of abundance, whatever that means for you. Again, finding success is so subjective and finding what success means for you is just asking better questions. Um, and when you're able to, you know, you can't hit a target you can't see. So ask those questions on what does success look like for you? Because it's funny, a weird thing happens when you start asking those questions. I always thought for me, success was good job, nice car, big house, family. I, that's what I thought success meant. I thought that when you had those things and money in your bank account and people looked up to you, I was like, that's what success is. And then as I started asking and peeling back that layer, peel, peeling those layers back, I realized that 
that's not what a life of abundance means to me. That's not what success means to me. Success is waking up every morning, loving what I'm doing, being around the people that I love, being around and helping and serving as many people as I can. Um, so hopefully just from listening and um, from listening to you, Wally, and all the amazing stuff that you put out that people got that my, that message from me in some way. Um, and reaching me is probably the best way is probably my podcast, the Brian Keane Fitness Podcast. Um, that is probably the easiest way it's on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Um, but I'm on everything, Wally. I'm on Instagram, Brian Keane Fitness. Um, I'm on Facebook, Brian Keane Fitness, YouTube, uh, Snapchat's Brian K019. I'm, I'm on it all. So if you put it into mm-hmm. Google or go to the website, um, you'll see everything linked up there. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to provide value with anybody, to anybody that, that checks out any of those mediums. Absolutely awesome. We will have all of that linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com, guys. So go there and check that out. Brian, it's been a pleasure talking with you, man. Go out and live your life of abundance. Keep paying it forward, man, and aloha. Thank you so much. Aloha, Wally. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. I hope you got a lot out of that conversation. I hope you go to his website, check out some of the stuff that he's got going on, and I really hope that you make a decision to lead a healthier life and to get in the right mindset and live a life of abundance that you know you deserve. Now go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward.